Hey, welcome to E-Crime Bites Season 2, Episode 13. This is Cyberstalking with Julian Alonzo Martin. And I'm going to be bringing you this week solo while we work out some remote recording issues with Seth and I. So, hope you stick with me. This case is really interesting. I've got a ton of evidence that if you're on video, I'm going to pop up on the screen for you of just all his threats. And it's not just a one person. It's pretty much... Like Jason Lydell, it's pretty much anybody that comes into contact with this person he threatens. So, in this case, I'm not going to do a lot of um, mental gymnastics for you. You don't have to understand complex technology in this case. We're only dealing with just simple communications like email, Facebook messages, text messages, phone calls. So, nothing real out there as far as technology goes. The crime, mostly, is going to be cyberstalking. Now, we're going to have a little bit of witness tampering thrown in at the end, which makes this case a little more interesting. But most of what I'm going to bring you is going to be just plain old cyberstalking. Criminal in this case is Julian Alonzo Martin. And unfortunately, I couldn't find a picture that I could definitely tell was him. Uh, so I don't have that to bring to you this week, but I have a ton of evidence that he sent uh, all the text messages and so forth that I'll be popping up for you. So do stick around and watch visually because you'll see everything that he sent now there are some victims here there's a lot of victims here the main victims are people close to mr martin so we've got martin's ex-wife her initials are ta we have martin's child with her their initials im and then we have the stepfather to ta his initials are jl now keep in mind Jail has never met Mr. Martin. And when you start hearing some of the stuff he does to him, it's just, you go, why? So why did I pick this case? We haven't done a cyberstalking case in a while. And there's a lot of cyberstalking that goes out there. So uh, here's one. And I'm going to have another one coming down the road here in a few episodes as well. So stick around. We'll try to throw a couple more cyberstalking cases in here. So the axe this week, this is a longer case. I gave you three acts last week and i believe i gave you three acts coming up next week but this is going to be five acts this week because there is so much threatening going on to so many people that i couldn't chop it down any further than this so today is monday and we're bringing you act one and we're just going to introduce you to the victims and we're going to get your feet wet with some of this threatening that julian does and then on tuesday we're going to bring you Act 2, which is impersonation and misspellings. Yes, there's a lot of misspellings in here, just like the Jason Lydell case. You're going to see a lot of parallels between this and the Jason Lydell case. And I don't know why. I don't know if it's a cyberstalking thing, commonality, or what it is. But it was interesting how many parallels in this case that paralleled with things in the Lydell case. So on Wednesday, I'm going to bring you Act 3. That's more threats because there's so many of them. And then Thursday, Act 4, this one is 1-2, Freddy's Coming For You. And you're probably wondering why it's named that. And you've got to stick around and figure it out because this is probably the most creepy part of the case. And then at the end, Act 5, that'll be our concluding act on Friday. This is punishment. So what happened to Julian after the law caught up with him? With that, let's go ahead and jump right into Act 1, The Victims. Now, I want to introduce you to Martin's ex-wife. Her initials are T.A. And I don't 
try to figure out who victims are. I'm just going to use initials just like the court does. You're not going to get real names on victims if I can help it. And in this case, the ex-wife, the child, and the stepfather, I'm just going to be using initials. So try to remember T.A. is Martin's ex-wife. They were married and they had a child together, I.M. And I imagine the M stands for Martin, which is the father here. We're talking about Julian. So, in 2019, the ex-wife, T.A., moves away from Martin with the child, I.M. T.A. then divorces Martin, and T.A. gets sole custody of the child, I.M. So, you can imagine to probably pretty much anybody getting that type of news of a spouse moving away and then getting full custody of your child isn't going to make that person happy. In this case the outcome is really bad and to no fault to the ex-wife here. This is just Julian is just goes off, off the deep end here. So the second victim is Martin's ex-wife's stepfather, JL. He married the ex-wife's mother. So he's not even blood related to the ex-wife and definitely a far away relation to Martin. This stepfather works at a private school, okay? The stepfather also has never met Martin. So keep all this in mind in a second here when I tell you what Martin starts to do. So on September 14th, 2020, Martin threatens the ex-wife's stepfather. He does it by sending messages to the ex-wife TA, okay? And I'm gonna pop up the first of the threats here. Now I've got like, 30 plus pages of threats. So just buy a hat and hold the fuck on because this guy, just when you think he's out of threats, will go down another thread. So this is one that he sent to his ex-wife threatening the father. So basically trying to get under her skin through her stepfather. And for the audio only listeners, I'll try to read you some of the more interesting passages. We've got so much text here that I'm going to try to paraphrase and just read the most important bits out of them because this guy, he just sends pages and pages and pages of threats. So he says things like, can't answer, huh? Because you're too pussy. You act like all the guys you talk to, they're all soft ass pussy. And I'm going to beat your mom's husband's ass inside of his school. Because believe it or not, I'm in Ohio right now. I've watched him go in and out the school he works at for a week. And the only reason he is still walking is because I'm letting him continue to breathe. So hurry up and answer before I go run into his school and go to jail for a long time. I'm afraid he might die if I hit him too hard. I'm not letting any man get away with touching my son. I told you if I find out another guy touches my son, that person's a dead body. And I got to stop there. Imagine getting this, even if it's just a random, holy shit, just a, just a stream of threats that would, I would think would definitely get under her skin because he's threatening the stepfather, which is somebody that I assume that she's close to. And you have to imagine receiving this would scare the shit out of you. And it did. So, um, somewhere around October 7th of 2020, the threat scares the shit out of TA and JL. So the ex-wife and the stepfather. So then JL, the stepfather files a local police report and Martin, our criminal here is charged with aggravated menacing. Okay. 
This is just the first charge, so hold on. This charge, as you imagine, you can probably pick up from the content of his threats. He's a, he has anger management issues. So getting charged sets Martin off, just sets him off. So at this point, he begins to text the ex-wife more threats. So I'll pop up some more threats here for you. And let me read you some of the more interesting points. He says, and I'm sorry, and Seth's not on here to, to, to comment himself. So I'll just say, I'm sorry to him and other Jewish people, but this guy seems to pick on Jewish people a lot. So he goes on and says, fuck you, ex-wife. Watch what happens. I'm coming after your fake Jew mom husband getting his dumb ass fired. Remember, he works at a school, so it's probably pretty easy to get somebody fired from a school if you make up shit, as we saw with Jason Lydell. Martin continues on and says, fuck your friends, too. Fuck your boyfriend. He's a tranny. And again, I apologize to audience members. This is offense. This, this episode, we're just scratching the surface. It's going to get worse. It's, it's definitely going to get worse. And I'm just going to do a blanket apology now for this. So he continues and says, where is my son or I'm calling immigration on you and all my family members you say stuff to, they give no fuck about you and everyone knows you're a whore. Okay. This was the misspelling start. You're spelled Y O U R who stole my son. Everybody thinks you're sick and a evil bitch. And I got people, her waiting to come beat your ass. So as you can imagine, he spells almost as bad as Jason Lydell. I think he's saying, if I could say it in my words, everybody thinks you are sick and a evil bitch. And I got people here waiting to come beat your ass. And then he continues with his threats. Again, in this, the ex-wife has not responded. Nobody's responded to his threats, but he just continues. He says, soft ass bitch. Couldn't even get a guy to fight me when you got a diaper smashed and your little non-educated non-spelling can't read good. I don't know why he said that. It just says that it ends like that. And he goes on and says, and I'm sorry, only skill is sucking dick and balls. Yeah. This guy is a master master of putting people down. Apparently still no answer. So he goes on and says, scary ass bitch, get tough. Oh man. I couldn't imagine getting these. So Martin continues on. He didn't get a response in these text messages or Facebook messages. I can't really tell which it's just messages. And he follows through on his right. After sending those messages, he then calls the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. If you've never heard of them, their, uh, their mission is to find and protect children. So he calls them and says the stepfather who works at a school is viewing child porn on his work computer. So that's pretty much the worst fake message you could do against a person that works at a school. I imagine, because I imagine they're going to take that seriously and they're going to do an investigation on it. But when Martin made this call, he used a false name and phone number, but there's this like automatic number identification in the uh, system that this organization uses. And it logged the real phone number that Martin used. And it was one of Martin's phone numbers. So even though he was trying to fake it as somebody else, they knew it was Martin. So then on October 3rd, 2020, the stepfather's private school received an email from this person. It's just like jlearn.mar at gmail.com. 
And this is an email also used by Martin. And I'll pop the email up here on the screen for you. And this is just poetry. It says, hello, I am private investigator trying to piece together events associating stepfather with child endangerment. He has a daughter that is not claimed she went through events at a Qish day school and her father did nothing to help her. Now, I don't know why this is so awfully spelled. I don't know if he's drunk and sending this or what, but I think Qish means Jewish because he was just saying bad things about Jewish people previously. And I can't imagine any self-respecting private investigator that would start out a real email to a school during an investigation. Hello, I am private investigator trying to piece together events. That's absolutely crazy. So that same day, the National Center of Missing and Exploited Children received another electronic tip. This one is also tied to Martin. This is tied to him through an IP address that went to T-Mobile. An IP address is that numerical number that gets assigned to your phone or computer on a network. So this helped investigators tie it to Martin. But Martin tried to pretend he was somebody else. He used a fake name and he says, a man named stepfather at the stepfather's school was suspected of having child porn on his personal computer. And we actually have the report. It was in the court documents here and I'm gonna show it to you on your screen. It's two pages. This is the first page and this looks like all kind of standard stuff. It's the Smitter. This is a fake person. It says Jay Lee with a phone number and a email address that looks misspelled because I think it's supposed to be gmail.com, but it's gmsil.com. Again, this guy misspells almost as bad as Jason Lydell. It's got his IP address and so forth. And it says incident type child pornography. And this was on September 27th of 2020. The second page of this just says, like I repeated, a man named stepfather at the stepfather school in such and such Ohio was suspected of having child porn on his personal computer. So probably one of the biggest threats you can imagine coming into a school, they got to investigate this teacher, right? He also puts a tip in here. This, I laugh at the criminal, not with, he says, be careful. He has a, connections across the US. He has been using the law as his protection. Oh, Jesus. Okay. So with that, I'm going to pause here because I've given you the tip of the iceberg on some of these threats from Julian Martin to his ex-wife and his ex-wife's stepfather. You're going to have to come back tomorrow for act two because it's named impersonation and misspellings because we've got a lot more of this, a lot more, and it gets worse much, much worse. So if there's anything in this act that you enjoyed, please like subscribe, thumbs up, whatever positive clicks you can give us on whatever it is you're watching or listening to us on. We very much appreciate that because that helps us, you know, get more listeners. And that's kind of what this is all about is to introduce more people to these stories that we've been putting together. If you haven't been to our website, please go there. It's eCrimeBytes, E-C-R-I-M-E B-Y, as in yellow milk, T-E-S dot com. And I hope you come back and join me for Act 2, Impersonation and Misspellings. Thanks. <laughs>